Welcome to Things in Jars After Dark. I'm Melissa. And I'm Poppy. And we're both curators with a penchant for the spooky, the scary, and the spine chilling. In this bonus series, we'll be bringing you five Halloween episodes with some very spooky guests. Are you ready for it? Can you handle it? We'll find out. Welcome back to another episode and today we are really excited to be talking to Alan Jackson who is the owner of Jamaica Inn which is the world famous smuggling inn found in Cornwall here in the UK and it has a long and rich history of smuggling of literature and even a haunting or two I believe. So thank you very much for coming on the show to talk to us today, Alan. And we're really excited to learn more about Jamaica Inn. Yes, well, it's um, it's certainly an interesting place. I mean, I bought it five years ago and my thought about the uh, spooky side of, all, of, of it when I bought it was that it was um, all a bit of a wheeze, but nevertheless, it was a money spinner. So let's keep it going. I, I was a disbeliever. <gasps> However, there's been quite a few things happening over the years, um, including some things that have happened to me personally, which have made me rethink my original view. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's what we like to hear. (laughs) Um, So we thought it would be a really good place to start if you could just tell us a little bit about Jamaica Inn and the museum that you have there. Yeah, well, Jamaica Inn's right on the top of Bodmin Moor. It's, It's halfway between Launceston and Bodmin. The reason for that is quite simple, and that is that when they started running the coaches from Launceston to Bodmin for the very first time, because it, it was just a track across the moor for for um, probably centuries, they turned it into a turnpike to enable the coaches to start travelling across it around 1750. Um, and they needed somewhere halfway to change the horses. And so that's why Jamaica Inn is positioned almost exactly halfway between Bodmin. It's 12 miles from, I think it's Bodmin, and, and 11 miles from Launceston. And it's, of course, on a high point, so it wouldn't get, wouldn't get um, flooded. And, and that's really how, how it uh, came about. I've actually got a historian who I've recently commissioned to uh, research the, the history, which um, has been done by my predecessor, a man called John Watts, who owned Jamaica Inn for 40 years until I bought it off him five years ago. Um, before him, incidentally, it was Alistair MacLean, the author, that owned Jamaica Inn for ten years. Wow! And so she, so so this historian has 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 found that Jamaica Inn originally was owned by a man called John Mead, who evidently took twenty one acres uh, of of land on top of Bob Moore on a handshake, <laughs> and it wasn't until he died about forty years later that his son decided there ought to be a written agreement. Um, and so a lease was produced in 17, uh, uh, sorry, 1801, um, which my historian has found, and that's revealed a lot of the, the history. And it refers to Jamaica Inn having been there for many years um, and re- you know, refers to the fact there has been no written agreement. So it must have been done on a handshake. And he built 
the whole of Jamaica in. Wow. A, a handshake, yeah. It's uh, interesting. So it's, it's been here um, since then, 1750. I'm um, talking about 270 years. And, um, I, you know, so I bought it uh, five years ago on the strength of one two-hour look round. And I bought it within nine days on, on, on the strength of one visit. Wow. wow. So it must have it must have something very compelling about it to have inspired so many people. It ticked all my boxes. In a wild, yeah. wild, wild location, which really appealed to me. Stuck up here on the top of Bodmin Moor. Um, and it, and of course it had a smuggling museum. You, normally, when you read this, this, the, the 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 agents' details of of hotels, it doesn't include things like smuggling museums. <laughs> Very unique. I, I had a two hour look round, and as I say, I I negotiated the price in forty eight hours, um, and I bought it uh, nine days later. Whoa! In those nine days, I didn't come back for a second visit. I just bought it on the strength of my two hour look round. It's amazing. Um, and the numbers of people's coming here is is uh is huge now um we we're sold out and have been for the last two months uh all 36 bedrooms you've got a choice of old rooms and new rooms and of course the old rooms are the ones you're interested in they're the spooky ones oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely although i bet the room that used to be one of the sellers that might have a story or two uh, no it's the storeroom it used to be storeroom oh, okay well interesting yeah. you say sellers because we believe there were sellers, but we no one knows where they are. Oh. And I had a mystic come here once who said he, she thought it was under the fireplace in the main bar um, and that we should put um, a camera, you know, drill a hole and put the camera through the hearth. Um, well, I haven't done that yet, but I might do, but I'd love to find the sellers if they are there. Ooh, under the fireplace. Interesting. So that's where they used to, to build sellers. Um, where, where the, and so when, when, you know, for smuggling um places they would they would um have secret compartments underneath fireplace and when they could light a fire and if the police came then the last place police would look would be fires but i think it's the last place you'd hide it because if the police knew that every all these places had cellars where they were hiding booty uh underneath the the hearth then uh, (laughs) it's the first place they're going to look isn't it (laughs) yeah Yeah, but that's very clever so for someone who might be listening that doesn't know jamaica in could you just tell us a little bit about what you will find if you come to visit so you're a hotel you could stay the night what else could you do while you are on site okay well there's the smuggling museum i mentioned just now yeah very importantly i've now got the only daphne de maurier museum in the world and the smuggling museum nothing to do with me it was here from my predecessor so that's much as it was um with a lot of uh, smuggling related exhibits Things like there's a, a human skull that was found in a, in a cellar, not, not at Jamaica Inn, but it was found in a cellar um, a, a, amongst um, chains. Well, the whole skeleton was found in this cellar that had been filled in. Um, and it's believed that the poor man um, would, would, have, would have been put in the cellar and, and left, chained up and left to die. And almost certainly smuggling related. So that, that's a pretty unusual exhibit. So it's got lots of smuggling-related things. You know, things um, where people people used to hide uh, smuggled uh, goods in in their shoes and things like that. There's all sorts of interesting interesting things in in the smuggling museum. Also, of course, in the Daphne du Maurier Museum, as I say, it's the only one in the world for for her now. Uh, the one in Foy is now closed, and I last year bought another thirty five exhibits to boost 
at what was called Daphne du Maurier Room. These extra exhibits I bought have now filled it up into three rooms, so it's now a full-blown museum rather than a room. Wow. Wonderful. Daphne du Maurier's best lifetime friend was a woman called Maureen Baker Munton. And as Daphne became more famous, she started to keep all of the things related to her that came across, came, came to her as a result of their friendship. And when she died, the family inherited it, and they decided last year to cash it in, I suppose, and sell it all at auction. It included um, original letters to the, the queen, uh, from the Queen and Prince Philip and Prince Charles to um, Daphne du Maurier and her husband. And I managed to get, I managed to successfully buy these original letters, which are now on show, um, and lots of other things, including lots of personal letters from um, Maureen. Uh, or rather from Daphne to Maureen. And then also, if you come to Jamaica Inn, we've got two shops now. I built I built a new building for a new farm shop, um, and uh, there's a gift shop as well. There's a big pirate ship in the garden, massive, you know, that children can climb on. <laughs> you see, we've got um, a thriving restaurant um, and, and oldie-woldie bars. The very old part of Jamaica Inn is, is um, as it was pretty well, as I understand it, um, extremely old beams and log fires and... All you, you'd want in a, in a really very old coaching inn in a wild location. Cobbles outside in the courtyard and pretty well. That's why I bought it because you know, it's just a classic coaching inn. I visited a couple of years ago and it's so atmospheric. The sky was brooding over the moors. You have the very, very remote inn. But the smuggling museum was fantastic. And it was really cool to see Daphne du Maurier's desk and her typewriter and things that you have as well there um so i would recommend if anyone is in cornwall you should absolutely pay a trip to jamaica in while you're there let's talk about the smuggling though as in is there any evidence that you have to suggest that it ever was used as a smuggling hotspot well of course it, it's in a smuggling area i mean the duties first were introduced in in the 12th century um and and smuggling went on for many years but it, it really reached its peak in the 1700s we've got a film when you when you go into the smuggling museum you've also got um, a short 10 minute film about the smuggling in Cornwall and the part Jamaica in paid played in it and um in that film there um it mentions that one tea trader in France um bought 110 tons of tea in one day to smuggle across the channel um there are all sorts of secret paths that are now known and in the film you see the map of all these paths leading to uh, the centre of, of, of um, Cornwall, which is where Jamaica Inn is. It's midway between the north coast and south coast. You see, so you've got these, um, these, 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 these secret paths that they used to smuggle stuff from because Jamaica Inn was um, used to store the, the goods that, that, that were brought from the two coasts. Um, until it was safe to move it to London and the Midlands. Right, okay. And, and whilst we haven't got photographs of the time to prove it, that's enough to suggest that um, that's what it was used for. Right, interesting. The smuggling reached its, its zenith in, in, in the 1700s, and, and then in 1845, um, the government decided to do away with the duties, so there was no longer any difference between the, buying the products in, in the UK and... and, and and bring them into France. So that's when the smuggling died, but up until 1845. Shall we get 
to talking about ghosts and maybe come back to smuggling in a bit? Well, as I said, I arrived um, on the scene five years ago uh, a bit cynical about about all, all, all these ghostly stories and reports and so on. And I suppose the, the thing that changed my mind was uh, a, a remarkable experience. It was about three Februarys ago, so it would have been 2016, February. And I was in room 33, which is the room I am actually sitting in now. <gasps> oh. uh, it's my favourite room. And, and uh, sometimes I go in the suite if it's not, not sold during the winter, but most of the summer, spring, summer and, and autumn, I, I'm in my second choice, which is 33. Um, and uh, I, I, I was obviously asleep and the, the, suddenly the, I, I was woken up by a knock on my door, which was knock, knock, and then a small gap and then a third knock, as real as those knocks I've just done. So I swung my legs off the edge of the bed, looked at the clock and saw it was pretty well dead on 5am. And obviously it was February, so it, had been, it was pitch dark. Someone's just knocked on my door. So I looked towards the door, which you can do from, from the bed. Um, and I don't know what it was, but something wasn't quite right with that door. And I, I kind of got up and slowly walked towards it, thinking something's not right with the door. Um, someone's just knocked on the door. So, And then I realised as I got within about a metre of the door, that there was no light underneath the, the door, which um, because the lighting in the landings was uh, triggered by sensors. Um, and, and so I hesitated and instead of opening the door, which would be the normal thing to do, I looked through the spy hole and I'm sorry to disappoint you, but <laughs> there was nothing there. So I sat back on the bed um, and I was just sitting there. I tell you, I didn't get into bed for at least five, ten minutes. I was just sitting there thinking, what's going on? Those knocks were so real. There's no one there. What's going on? I eventually got back into bed, but... I kind of dozed a bit, but nothing really. But the best part of the story is to come. Two nights later, I was down at the end, standing at the end of the bar in, in you know, the, the main bar in, in the old part of Jamaica Inn, um, telling one of my regular customers, still a regular now, he just lives a few hundred metres away from the inn. His name was Sean. And I started to tell him the story I've just told you about what happened the morning before before you know it was two mornings before um and i was halfway through telling you i think i was about to get to the door when a glass jumped off a, sh a high shelf above head height behind the bar and smashed on the floor now the first thing we 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 we, we knew about it was the glass smashing obviously we didn't see it didn't see it fly, flying through the air but i can tell you that that glass if you look along the the, the um bar now you can see that if a glass had come off the top shelf, it would have hit the edge of the bar or the pumps. This glass didn't do that. It just flew out and smashed directly onto the floor. Uh, how on earth the energy source could enable it to do that? I really don't know. We froze. We looked at each other. We absolutely shocked. Uh, uh, now, you have to say to yourself, well, firstly, okay, it could have been a coincidence. A glass just dropped off the shelf as I was telling him uh, a spooky experience I've just had. Um, well, it's a bit unlikely. Um, uh, it's a bit unlikely the glass would jump off the shelf anyway. So that was 
did kind of change my mind about things and I needed to be a little bit more respectful of these yeah. things that were happening in, happening in the inn. Wow. We, we think there's a bit of a active area down by the bar there because just along from where this glass jumped across, uh, jumped off the shelf, just a bit further along, there's a phone on the wall. And I think it was about two years ago, um, a, a, a bar person, April, was the last one to be working. And it was about half past ten at night. Um, and she, luckily, I've got two two cameras. One is, was over April's head. She was washing glasses in a small utility area um, just across from the phone that was on the wall. And there's another another camera that I couldn't have positioned better if I wanted to, which was along the bar looking towards the towards this phone. You can see it's side on with his second camera. So what happens is the, the, the camera that's over April's head, you, what you see is the phone jump off the wall. It does a backward somersault, by the way, not just slips down. It, it does this back somersault, a bit like what the glass must have done. It's kind of jumped, jumped out. Um, uh, uh, and you see April suddenly her head jerks to the right because she hears this phone jumping. And, and you see her looking astonished. She puts the glasses down into the sink and turns and walks across the utility area um, towards the phone. And, and you see on the other camera angle, her look in a face of astonishment as she looks down at the phone and kind of reaches down and picks it up and looks at it. And you see this kind of almost like a smirk on her face as to what is going on. <laughs> and she clicks it slowly onto the phone, on, onto, the, onto the latch of the phone. Um, and just you see her staring at it. So we, she obviously told us about this. And we, uh, and the following day, we looked up the, fit, the footage. And of course, the footage is, is, it shows exactly the way it is. You don't take my word for it. You can see it. You just go onto YouTube. And you've put in Jamaica in, phone off wall. Oh, oh I'm going to do yeah. that. I'll do that after this. So you can see all I've just told you. And you can see this phone. And not and does the phone go out like in, in a backward somersault, but it also moves a piece of paper because there's a notice board next to the phone. And it pushes the, it pushes this um, piece of paper, you know, no, 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 note papers hanging across the back of the phone. It pushes this out of the way and just just does it back with some sort. So, of course, the next morning we we we, we looked at the footage, astonished. Um, and the first thought was, well, maybe someone didn't put the phone on on the hook properly. Let's 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 go and look at that. So, what we did was we tried to put the phone half on the hook, but it, 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 you can't. The only way it'll secure itself is when it's fully engaged. You cannot Ooh. get it to partially latch. The only way is, is so it can only have come from a fully engaged position. Even if you stretch your imagination and say, "Okay, the next morning we couldn't latch it, we couldn't partially latch it without fully latching it." Uh, even if you say, "Well, you know, maybe, maybe it did somehow or another partially latch the previous um, evening," um, it would have just dropped down onto the shelf below because there's another shelf below this phone, just the same as there's a shelf immediately below. Sorry, there's a bar top immediately below the shelf of um, the glass that um, came off um, when Sean and I were talking about the other experience. Um, so there's, there's, there's two things happened in that very close proximity. Um, and also, I uh, another thing I witnessed was 
a Saturday morning. Now, this was soon after I bought Jamaica in, about a year after I bought it. One Saturday morning, it wasn't a spooky time at night or anything like that. It was, it, it was, it was in the middle of middle of Saturday morning, and I looked and saw se- there were seven half pint jugs sitting on hooks above head height, um, underneath the shelf. In fact, where the um, uh, where the glass jumped from, um, and the middle one was swinging violently, swinging not just a little bit. It was swinging, boom, 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 boom like that. And I, I caught my eye and I, I stopped to, to write something down about completely unrelated matter. And, and after I'd finished writing for a couple of minutes, I looked up and this, 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 this um, half pint jug is still swinging away. I said to, sorry, I forget her name right now, but I said to her, did you just put this glass back on the hook? And she looked up and said, no, not me. And well, there was no one else. Um, so I, I said nothing for another few minutes and I'm just watching this thing and it just wouldn't slow down. Um, and so I put, I, you know, thinking, where's the energy source coming from? So I asked her again, I said, are you sure you didn't put this this glass there? Why is it swinging like that? I'm now into about five minutes now where it's, where it's been swinging violently. And, 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 and she's, oh, do you know what she said? She said, he's about. <gasps> Oh, <laughs> who is he? I said, what do you mean he's about? And she said, well, it's 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 another one of those things. I mean, what do you mean those things? She said, it's always happening here, in, especially in this part of the bar. Oh, no. And do you know what? That, that, and I was feeling the beams, think, trying to think, well, where's the energy? Is there an energy source? Is there a vibration coming through or something that's keeping this glass swinging? Um, and it was a quarter of an hour before it started to slow. And it was 25 minutes to half an hour before it finally came to rest. Um, totally inexplicable. And again, in that same part of the bar. Oh my goodness. So what would that part of the bar, it, would that have been where the old smugglers used to drink or congregate? It is the very oldest part of Jamaica Inn. Right. Lots of other things that have that, that have happened, miscellaneous things. I mean, for example, in room uh, five, which is one, again, one of the very, very oldest rooms. The very, very oldest rooms are three, four, five and six. Um, and and uh, a, a couple of years ago, when I built these extra sixteen bedrooms, we renumbered all of the. We renum. We thought we'd better renumber all the rooms, but we didn't renumber renumber three, four, five, and six because people, especially, request those rooms year in year out. Some people because they want they want the spooky experiences that go with those rooms, and they and, and it's, they've got different characteristics. I mean, room four, people, I, I would say three, four, even five people over five years. I've heard of, I won't have heard of every incidence, have said they felt a hand on their shoulder in the night. You don't hear that about three or five or six. In room five, there is the ghost of Hannah, it is thought, a 13-year-old girl. Um, And what has happened is over probably 20 or 30 years, um, there's a huge cardboard box in the wardrobe full of children's toys that guests have left for Hannah over the years. Oh, couple that stayed in that room last summer um, contacted me um, after their stay here um, to tell me the following. They got an armful of these toys out of the box in the wardrobe and spread the toys out on the floor, supposedly for Hannah to play with while they were going down for dinner. 
which of course was never going to happen, was it? So they spread the toys out on the floor and they go. To, they told me they went out down to dinner. And when they came back, they'd almost forgotten about the fact they'd left the toys on the floor. They happened to mention. Um, but what he did was, um, or what they did, was they took another... Sh- when they came into the room, they saw the toys, refresh their memory, they put them down. So all they, they looked at them and they looked the same place. So they just took another photo and then went to bed. That was it. Until they got home and they wanted to look through their holiday snaps. And they came to these two photos they'd taken of the toys. And he said he thought, and he had a close look at them. He just held up the two photos. Did he? He he, he just thought maybe as those two or three of those in the right hand corner, I think he said, um, have moved a bit. No, it can't be. Anyway, he got Photoshop or something and he put the two photos together and half a dozen of the toys have moved an inch or so. Oh, how was about? Oh, my goodness. So either he's lying or they're lying about it. Or it's inexplicable, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't see the point of trying to... Because I did actually say to him, can you send me the photos? And he never actually did. But, um, yeah, it's, it's very strange. And very strange. Do you know if anyone's ever actually died there? So maybe Hannah... Did Hannah die there or any of the smugglers? Yeah, well... Um, there was a man, and this is well documented, um, uh, in the last century, who who was drinking a pint of beer at Jamaica Inn's bar, and he was halfway through it when he was seen to disappear out of the uh, main door of the bar, um, and he disappeared, uh, and he was never ever seen again, and so um, and many people have said they've seen a strange figure sitting on the stone wall at the front of the inn. Uh, this strange figure of this man sitting on the on the wall, and and when they've approached him, he's no longer there. It, you know, I mean, these are sketchy these 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 um, stories, but it, it's strange, isn't it? And th- he's never been seen again. And they they can only assume that he they they say he wasn't that drunk. Uh, they he'd had a couple of pints, so that was all. Um, and and it's it's thought that maybe he he walked onto the more and 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 got in some bog or something but oh gosh um there was a strange thing happened to um my builder in the museum the museum was closed for him to do some some work and he was he was soaring um standing on step ladders soaring um and it was all very dusty so he decided to go out into the uh, courtyard he just went out for a breath of fresh air for a couple of minutes and when he came back in the steps weren't there and, there's, and there was no no one. The museum was closed, <gasps> and so he said, "Where's?" The, he thought to himself, "Where's this?" His name's Alan, same name as me. Funny enough, um, and he's done a lot of work for me uh, since I took over. Uh, this happened, I think, before before um, I I came here, um, and so he he was astonished. Where's my Where's my um, stepladder's gone? And and um, so the only place he could go was to walk around. The um the bat yeah round to the to the actual smuggling part of the museum and there he saw the uh the the you know the, the steps and astonished he 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 walked over to it and he he, very, he slowly says he, he he couldn't believe what he was seeing but he picked up the steps and the moment he moved those steps sawdust dropped off the the steps he said well if they've moved from where I left it. 
to there. Why didn't the sawdust drop off it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <gasps> and obviously he's the only one who's who's witnessed this. Um, to him, that was an extraordinary thing to happen. So do you suspect that any particular artefact in the museum might be haunted or magical? That's a good question. Well, there is a chain in a, in a recess in, in the reception um, where it said, um, you're warned not to touch it um, in case. But I don't know. I have actually touched it. <laughs> you're okay. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I've said to more than one guest, I've, um, I, you know, when they're in the reception there and, and they've, they've looked at this chain and said, do you know about this chain? I was, you know, it's come up in, in, in conversation with a guest and I, more than one occasion I said, yes, no, whatever you do, don't touch it. <laughs> don't do this, will you? <laughs> so I suppose there's a little bit of cynicism still, still left. Um, hmm. I mean, that does remind me of another uh, incident that happened in the uh, loft of the reception area, or, uh, the current reception that used to be the old generator room. Uh, apparently, long before my days, um, and um, the they 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 decided to uh, uh, recondition the roof, and a build uh, one of the builder chaps that was um, rebuilding the, the the roof of the what is now the current uh, reception, he found this item in the loft, and he and he took it home. What was it now? Was it a, um, I think it was an, it was an old pot or something. And he and he took it home, and the following morning he woke up with these red marks all over his body, um, and and he, he he couldn't understand it, and um, he came to work but didn't feel well enough to work, but it, it, the swelling seemed to go down. Then when he went back to the house near this pot, it started all coming up rash again, um, and I forget exactly what the story was, but. One way or another, he decided he would bring the pot back and put it back in the loft, where in the corner of the loft, where he he found it, um, and he and he soon recovered from this. So there's oh, lots of little yeah. stories like that, that 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 come out of the woodwork, and some of which ha- some events happen now live, you know, and other events um, don't. I mean, I was down in Lower Peddlers. Uh, this is this gives me the creeps. I I I, I get a shiver <laughs> out of my back whenever I think of this, but. I was standing, it's a simple thing, I was standing down in the Lower Peddler's restaurant when suddenly there was this presence on my left. And I actually, I mean, I wasn't, it just happened. I mean, I didn't, I didn't imagine it or think it through. And I, I just suddenly was aware of this presence right up against me to, on my left. And, and I, rem- I remember going huh, like that, pulling away and looking and there was nothing there. But did I see an image for a fra- fraction of a second? I probably didn't, but I, yeah. That that was that was really spooky. That was only last year. Ooh. Yeah, it was it was such a a feeling of a person right to my left. And you just have to wonder what your kind of natural instincts are telling you, don't you? When it's something like that, it's I don't know. It would seem quite difficult to mistake. Maybe. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. If you get this really strong impression, I've never had anything like that, so I don't know how it would be. Uh, and also, I had. I had um, an experience in in going into the Daphne du Maurier uh, room in one on one occasion when it was the room before I built bought the extra exhibits and made it into a full blown museum, um, and I and I walked in in, in, in into the 
the uh, Daphne Moyet room. And I, know, I just felt this cold feeling on my left arm as I walked through and I kind of stopped and, and, and I could feel this cold, cold air. I said, what's that? And I, I remember putting my arms around, I put my arms out and found it was all like a cold column of air. And, and my arms basically stuck. <laughs> I couldn't undo, I couldn't pull away from it. It was really, really peculiar. Um, and, and I could just feel this cold, coldness on, on, on my hands as I held them out, uh, holding it like you would a column of air. Um, and I was, I, I was stuck there for, um, 15, 20 seconds. I was trying to pull away and I couldn't. I just felt locked. Yeah, really, really weird. There are members of staff who won't go in the museum to lock up at night on their own. Wow. Do you ever feel unsafe or anything like that? Are these experiences just weird or, or do they ever kind of make you think, yeah, I can't do this for much longer? Well, the things I've experienced myself and, and the, the stories that have been told don't never seem to have any any um, any nasty element to them. They just seem to be things that people experience, but without any any threat or any, any anything bad. So, I mean, if 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 it is spirits in Jamaica, in then they're friendly spirits. Oh, that's good to know. That would make me feel confident about spending a night there. <laughs> you, ought, you ought to bear in mind that um, <laughs> I'll tell you another story. Soon after I bought the inn, I was told this story um, that two elderly ladies were staying in room four and the night manager suddenly got a call about three in the morning. It was, it was the middle of the night um, and these two ladies were saying, we're leaving, we've got to go, we've got to go and the phone went down. And and he was sort of spluttering, well, I can move you to another room. I can move you to another room. And they didn't want to know they put the phone down. Um, and so he went down to the bottom of the, the old stairs. Um, and these two ladies came came downstairs carrying their cases as fast as they could walk. Um, and and he said, well, I have got another room for you in the modern part of the inn. You don't worry. And, and they said, no, no, we've just got to go. We've just got to go. And they just raced out the door and um, got in their car and, and roared off. So... So maybe they'd had a bad experience in room four. Maybe room four is where you know people say they've received um, hands on their shoulders in the night. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow, you have so many stories. This is great. Yeah, so it's interesting. Much. I didn't realise there were so many until I start sitting down with you and and trying to yeah. remember them. Yeah, there's more than I I would have thought. You know, if if you'd said to me at the beginning of this um, podcast. Um, if you'd said how many experiences you know can you tell us about i'd say well there's three or four but that's actually quite a few more than that isn't it i suppose it's just part of everyday life maybe for you maybe you just it just comes with the package yeah it's just well see there's all things going on in jamaica and i mean classic is your your podcast i mean things like that are happening all the time we've had lots of um um uh, we 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 had um the the politician guy come, come and do one of great train journeys last year last year yeah um and we've had the hairy bikers come here and do program we're lucky to have so much um uh, publicity of jamaica in from these different um interested parties and you're one of them oh we're very glad to be yeah we were going to ask you about um a most haunted appearance that you did it was a long time before me um, but they say it's one of the best they've ever done, and it's well worth um, looking at. 
I think it's still available to to see. Yeah. Does that kind of have you watched it, and is it consistent with your experience of living and working in the inn? <clears throat> when I watched it, it was soon after I bought Jamaica in, and I was all super cynical then. Oh. I looked at it and I thought, you know, how much is all this? You know, it, it it could be a put up job. The whole thing was what I decided, having seen it. But if I saw it again, I might think of it differently. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might. You might recognise some of strange goings on. Yeah, you might see Hannah making a little appearance. Yeah, Hannah. But you, oh, you did <laughs> ask me whether anyone had been killed. And I told you about the man um, who, who, who uh, walked out after having drunk half his pint. Um, it's believed that um, someone was hung in the, in the um, stables as they were then um, uh, many years ago. I don't know any more than that, um, but some say they can see the rope marks on, on a very old beam in the loft. Well, certainly there's some very old beams in that loft um, and there's cer- certainly room for that to be a possibility. But on the other hand, if you're going to hang someone, I wouldn't have thought you wear the, wear the beam out very much. It's only going to be a, a short, quick thing. So... I don't, I'm not sure. I, I, I believe that, but it could well be that someone was was, was actually hung again due, due to the smuggling um, uh, scene. Do you have any more kind of smuggling stories from the inn, or anything that kind of, I don't know, any gruesome tales? Anything in the smuggling museum that is a really juicy story? Well, as I say, the worst one is the um, the skull um, that was found in the cellar. That's probably the spookiest thing. Then, of course, you know the Daphne du Maurier book um, Jamaica Inn um, was based on her visit here, um, which was because she went out riding on on Bobby Moore with a female friend of hers in, in um, November nineteen thirty. Um, a mist came down. Um, they got lost. Um, they started out fairly early on on, on a November morning. Um, and they ended up getting completely lost. They spent some hours in in an old shepherd's hut, but they were getting cold, freezing, and um, uh, they were in a really bad way. And in the end, the, the friend, who was an experienced horse rider, said, let's see if the horses will lead us out off the moor. And so they, they, they dismounted and, and gave the, the rein, if you like, to the horses. Um, and to cut a long story short, they the horses it's thought um, detected the smell of smoke from the Jamaica Inn chimneys um, and oh. and led them out and they came out just before midnight just as a rescue party was going to go out to try and find them. Ah. <laughs> They're in a really bad way and so they stayed at Jamaica Inn for three or four days to recover and it was during that time, this is 1930, when they they learnt about all the, the smuggling stories that have been going on here at Jamaica Inn. Um, and so a year later, she started writing the book, the novel Jamaica Inn. Um, and she um, recounted the, some of the stories, you know, she, she'd been told. Um, and she added a poetic licence, um, the extra element of, 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 of smugglers luring ships onto the shore. Um, to deliberately um, cause them to sink in order for them to get the booty. But there's no evidence of that. And so we, we believe that to be uh, some an add-on to what she, she'd she learnt while she was here for the three days. She, you know, that was the... Um, we gave it an extra uh, element to her book, but it didn't actually happen. But certainly the smuggling 
um, uh, went on here, and and she obviously uh, learned stories then that were were um, not so old as what they would be now. Yeah. Mm. So it, of course it's a big seller that uh, Daphne du Maurier, and uh, it was her first really successful novel. It wasn't her first novel, but it was her first really successful novel. And then she went on to write uh, Rebecca and yes. other famous books. What's your favourite object in in either of the museums, in the Smuggling Museum or the Daphne du Maurier Museum? It's got to be <clears throat> the letter from the Queen to Daphne's husband um, in um, March uh, 1953. Bear in mind that she became Queen in January when her father died. As soon as her father died, she immediately was you know, became Queen. But her coronation was not until June. And this letter was sent in March. So she was queen, but she hadn't been crowned. And <laughs> the letter is written to um, Daphne's husband, uh, Browning, Lord Browning, who, uh, and, and the letter's quite sweet, actually. It thanks him for a bottle of scent that he sent her for her birthday. And now he was her equerry um, uh, while she was a princess. And effectively, she was, he was his, her PA to her life, you know, just well, helped her run her life as an equity. And um, <clears throat> so they obviously, you know, knew each other well. And, um, and, and she's writing to him saying, thank you very much for the send. Um, she said, I'm running low and I suspect uh, my daughters have been helping themselves to it. <laughs> so I, I think probably it is the original letter of, from from the Queen is probably um, the the most important uh, to me um, exhibit in, in either museum. Very nice. That's a really cool exhibit. Yeah. Do you have any things in jars? In jars? Oh yes, we've got. There's some some opium, isn't there? In in there. Oh. Oh, fantastic. I mean, he's been there a long, long time. I think, you know, decades. I would think these old, very old, old jars. Yeah. Very cool. We'll take that. Our final question we had for you on our list was, what are the top three things to see on a visit to Jamaica Inn? But, I mean, you've you've told us so many wonderful things to see already, but if you could summarise or pick just three, what would it be? Well, I would say come and stay in one of the four very, very old bedrooms. Who knows? You may not get a good night's sleep. Very, very old rooms going back to 70, uh, 270 years old, those rooms. The second thing is our food is absolutely delicious. I have got the best team of chefs now. It took me three years to put the chefs together and they are brilliant now. The The accolade we get for our food is fantastic. If you go on TripAdvisor, you'll see five-star after five-star after five-star. And the third thing... It, 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 it's got to be the, the two museums. Probably the yes. Daphne, Daphne Museum is probably closer to my heart, but nevertheless, the smuggling exhibits and, and the 10-minute film, it's only 10 minutes, but it's a great film. It is. Because you're a, a complete um, story of, the, of Cornish smuggling over, over about 300 years uh, and, and the part that, the small part that Jamaica in played in that. Yeah. So you get the full experience. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you've got children, then of course there's the pirate ship. That that's what they'll want. They'll <laughs> want to climb on this massive pirate ship. Who wouldn't? Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we might want to do yeah. that. <laughs> I want to come and stay in one of the spooky rooms. I want to stay in Hannah's room. 
yeah, definitely five. Revive. Hannah's Hannah's room. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, some people have looked in the mirror there and um, say, say, you know, if they stare in the mirror, some people have said they see things. Um, I don't, I don't know what. I've never. I, I have looked in the mirror, but I haven't looked in deeply long enough. But um, that's if you stay in five, then I'm going to test it out as well as wardrobe. Well as oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll bring something <laughs> for Hannah. We'll bring her a gift. We'll have a yeah. good look in the mirror. It'll be good because we want a paranormal experience, but we want a safe paranormal experience. And Hannah seems like she delivers <laughs> that. As far as the um, future of Jamaica Inn is concerned, um, of course, we do have, um, I should mention, we do have a monthly ghost hunts. Um, we've had to stop them during uh, the, the lockdown, obviously, when we were closed, and we've not been allowed to open, to run them um, since, but hopefully soon. Um we will be resuming our monthly ghost hunts, which are very popular. 30 people um, who get into all sorts of uh, parts of the inn um, and our, our two uh, people that run the ghost hunts, they are very experienced and they have all sorts of um, uh, gadgets, you know, th- lights that light up and, and uh, things. I, I, I've actually been on a couple, not recently, and I can't explain why these these balls light up and like that. <laughs> amazing mm. we should ask as well before we go um do you have any plans for halloween that you want to share with us what will jamaica in be doing this spooky season well of course halloween is one of the most popular nights of the year here at jamaica Inn, and um uh, you know in normal times we 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 have um a restaurant you know is is, is full um the hotel's full um and um it's it's quite a spooky time. We we have we run a ghost hunt on that night, um, which is usually sold out uh, many months in advance. We haven't got one this year, two thousand twenty, uh, because of um, uh, restrictions, COVID restrictions. Um, and same with the the monthly uh, murder mysteries that we we hold, um, which, which which we've not been able to resume yet. And I'm speaking this in in. Um, September, late September, two thousand and twenty, um, but they are popular, and we the, we theme them. So every every month is a different uh, is themed in a different country, and and you get the meal included in the murder mystery, and the meal is of is of the country in which the plot is set. That's a good <laughs> oh, idea. Cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> we're we're the first to have done that that we we're aware of. Certainly the first in Cornwall. Amazing. But for the future of Jamaica Inn, um, we've got a lot of plans. Um, we're about to apply for the full planning permission, have already, having already got um, provisional planning permission from the council to um, turn our field, our four-acre field, into a caravan and camping um, site for holidaymakers. Oh, right. cool. And we're also, um, array- in fact, I was talking to the architects this morning about building an, um, an extra rooms and a, um, a spa uh, with possibly a small swimming pool a small function suite just for small weddings only maximum of 60 people wow a jamaica in wedding yeah i bet people would love that people would yeah go mad for that big wow. plans yeah that's very exciting for you thank you yeah it should be good yeah but we never stand still at jamaica in no. <laughs> no no i can imagine not Thank you so very much for giving us your time today and for sharing some wonderful and spooky tales with us. It's been really, really nice listening to them and I've got to come and visit. 
yep, that's that's it. Just got to come Absolutely. visit. Absolutely. Fantastic. Let me know when you're coming. We'll do, <laughs> we <yeah. will. laughs> So thank you. Okay, pleasure. That brings us to the end of another After Dark episode. We hope you enjoyed that one and we'd just like to say thank you very much again to Alan for giving us so much of his time and for sharing some wonderful tales from Jamaica Inn with us. Next week, we will be getting some answers to a question we had all the way back in our very first episode when we wondered what it was like to work with a haunted doll. We'll be talking to Danny Moss, lead paranormal investigator of the Haunted Hunts team, about the Grace doll, who is supposedly the UK's most haunted object, as well as the rest of the terrifying collection at Tatton Old Hall. You do not want to miss this one. So be sure to come back next Saturday, the 24th of October at 7pm BST. In the meantime, you can find us on our social media accounts. We're on Instagram at Things in Jazz Podcast and on Twitter at Things in Jazz Pod. We're still running our Halloween giveaway on Instagram, so head over there for a chance to win some spooky treats. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the show, please check out our Patreon page as well. You can find that at www.patreon.com forward slash Things in Jazz Podcast. That's it for now, so all that's left to say is... I'm Melissa. And I'm Poppy. This is Things in Jars After Dark. And we wish you a good night. At Tatton Old Hall.